How's everybody doing? Hey, let's uh, say hello to all our campuses, San Marcos, East County, San Ysidro, City Heights, Donovan State Prison, Juvenile Hall. Let's give all the people out there a big hand. Amen. And I would like to give a special shout out to all our missionaries, specifically Amy Howarth. God bless y'all. She's in Mozambique. God bless y'all. God bless y'all. I'm so excited about today. We got a special message for all you ladies in the house. All the ladies say hey. Very good, very good. Uh, let me say this at the top. Um, this message is directed at the ladies. Of course, all you guys, we want you to respond and, and receive it as well. But just for sake of focus, I want to focus on the ladies. But you, you guys are invited. That's your invitation. I don't want to, I just don't have to keep repeating that. But I just want to focus on the ladies today. Amen. Uh, I got up today with this heavy, heavy burden on my heart. I don't know what it was. And, uh, and it was just wearing me down since I woke up, drove here. And, and, and so I, before I pray, I want to throw that at you so when we pray, you can pray for me that I can give what God has for you. Uh, sometimes it's because something's going to happen or something is happening in my life that's negative or maybe it's somebody here. And God is, well, not maybe, there's people going through something that God wants to pull you out of your funk. Amen. Amen. And so before we pray, I just want to throw it on you. So when you pray, you would pray for that, include that in your heart. And if you're that person, say, you receive it. Say, God, you're going to do something in my life today. And uh, the devil's trying to hold you back and God's getting ready to pull you out of his grip. Can I get amen? Amen. 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 Uh, one announcement before I start. Um, uh, our ministry and the impact of the church is expanding. Last year, we had 40 million people uh, um, watch and view the gospel online. And of that 40 million, 580,000 received Christ. And we're looking to expand that. Amen. Amen. Um, and what, what does that mean? They, they watch a gospel present, presentation and they click a button saying, I received Jesus Christ committed and I want information. So we count that as someone who is making a commitment to Christ. Uh, we gave away over $1.4 million of clothing to the needy people in San Diego. And some of those people, you know, their houses burned down or they just have needs. We give vouchers to the police and fire department. We redeemed 1,066 people redeemed vouchers that the fire and paramedics give to people when they go serve them and they come to our thrift store and get it. Amen. <laughs> Doing ministry in the prison. Uh, we opened a campus last year, uh, San Marcos. They grew from around 1,000 to around 1,400, 1,500, which is amazing. Let's give all those people out there a big hand. God bless y'all. And all that is great, and that's expanding. However, our giving is flat. And, and, and I've been praying because as summer comes, the giving usually goes down. I'm like, Lord, we got to keep this going. And I want to keep the giving strong. So first, I want to thank all of y'all who do faithfully give in all the campuses. Thank you very much. And, but I was praying, God, what about the summer? We got we to get through the summer. And so I feel like God put on my heart, I want you to pray for a million dollars over and above what you would normally get between today, well, a couple last week and June 30th. I said, okay, that's what I'm praying for. And so I'm making that request known to you to ask you two things. One, that you would pray with me and say, God, open up the windows of heaven. We have plenty of people in this church, and that's not a lot. Uh, however, and then I want you to pray for what you would do. 
dear God, how would you have me be participate? Some of you, uh, God has gifted you with a lot, and God has stirred your heart to give and give a significant gift. This would be the great time to do it. And some of you, you say, well, what would my little bit do? A little bit from a lot of people does a lot. And so I just want to ask you to pray about that. Ask God to speak to you about what he would have you do. And uh, that God would open up the windows of heaven that by June 30th we can meet our goal and, and keep this thing going. Amen? Amen. Let's get on our knees and pray. Let's get on our knees. Lord, thank you. Lord, I pray that you would bless our church today, that you would speak to people that lives will be changed, specifically the ladies in the house who carry their own unique burdens. I pray you set them free. Pray for miracles. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn to a lady around you and say, God's going to bless you today. Usually when um, I hear what people say they heard me say, often, unless I've said it five times, it's not exactly what I said. Are you following what I'm saying? It's not just me. Just, we just hear stuff. So I'm going to say this one more time really slow. This sermon is about women, about a woman in the Bible. It is going to be directed at women because I want to focus on the ladies However, it is also for the guys, but I'm going to say over and over again, ladies, but it's also for the guys. Are you following what I'm saying? And so if you're a guy there, don't go home. If you go home, ladies, if, you're, if, you, if you go home with a guy today or whatever, and he says, well, he was talking to the ladies, it wasn't for me, just slap him. <laughs> is that fair? Are we clear? Fellas, can I get amen? You know what I'm saying? Okay, great, great, great. Okay, there we go. Now I want to say it again. Let's all see our Bibles on the count of three. Let's say word. One, two, three, say word. One more time, say word. Let's turn to the book of Esther, chapter 4. Esther, and in my Bible, it's it's page 348, but you don't have my Bible, so that's not going to help you. Esther, chapter 4. Old Testament, Esther, chapter 4. It's a very small book. Esther, chapter 4. And while you turn there... um, Next week, we're going to have the campus pastors wise. Week after that, we're going to have a Navy SEAL. Week after that, we're going to have some Charger players to say goodbye to the Chargers. Amen. <laughs> there was a time where that would be exciting. So <laughs> these are Chargers that love God. Can I get an amen for those guys? All right, all right, all right. I know y'all are mad and hurt. That we're all mad and hurt, but it's not the players' fault. Don't hate, don't hate. Esther chapter 4. If you were driving through a city... And let's hypothetically say it took you 20 minutes to drive through a city, Manhattan, for example. As you were driving through the city, you would drive and then stop at a light. You would drive and then stop at a stop sign. If it's Manhattan, you would drive and stop because people walked across the street because in Manhattan there is no, they just walk across the streets. We, we don't have right away. It's just you're on your own, basically. And you drive and you keep stopping and you'll drive, stop, drive, stop, drive, stop, drive, stop. And then finally you'll be out of the city, you know, after a few days of getting through the traffic. 
And as you're driving, matter of fact, how many of you have never driven in New York City, by the way? Okay, you haven't really, it's, it's, it's an adventure. It's like a Knott's Berry Farm or Disneyland ride or something. It's very dangerous. And, but when you drive through the city, there are two kinds of time you're experiencing. One is chronos time. Everyone say chronos time. Chronos time is where we get the word chronological, and it, it basically describes the duration of time. So if you drove for 20 minutes through the city, chronos time would, would, would describe the 20 minutes or the half hour, the whole duration of the trip. John 5, 6, it says when Jesus saw the paralytic lying there, he knew he had been there in that condition a long chronos time. So it's, it's, a, it's a duration of time. When they were deciding who was going to take Judas's spot as an apostle, in Acts 1.21, it says, Therefore, of these men who have accompanied us, accompanied us all the time, the three years, that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning at the baptism of John to that day when he was taken up. So basically the whole three-year period of time, the chronos time. And so as you're driving through the city, the 20 minutes of the whole trip is described as chronos time. But then when you stop at a stoplight, that's a kairos moment. Then you would drive and you would stop at a stop sign. That's a kairos moment. Then you drive and you stop at another stop sign or stoplight, kairos moment. Then you drive and you stop because someone ran across the street in front of you. That's a kairos moment. Those specific moments of time are different than the duration of time. A kairos moment would be a special moment in time or a decisive point in time when there is a supernatural alignment between the heart of God and your heart for the purpose of accomplishing his kingdom purpose, where something specific happens in a specific moment. So if you're 30 years old, a Kairos moment would be your first date, let's say. Someone died in your life when you graduated time. So you, a school, high school, college. So you're living and then something tragic happens. You're living and something Exciting happens. You get your first job. You get your first paycheck. And so you have chronos time, and then you have these kairos moments where something special happens to change the course of your life. In this story we're going to read, it's about a woman who had a kairos opportunity. And today's message is to, is to challenge all of you ladies to step into your Kairos moment because you can, you can just create one. In other words, you can say, God, I don't want my life to continue to go the way it's been going. I'm living, I'm going to church, I'm going to school, I'm going to this, and, and it's just the same old mundane thing every day, every week. And you can say, I'm, not, I'm done with that. You can create the Kairos moment. that This is going to be a deciding day. Matter of fact, today is the 19th Sunday of the year, the 144th first day of the year. It could be just another Sunday to you, or it could be the Cairo Sunday for you. And that's 100% up to you. Do you want to just go through another Sunday doing the same old thing, by the way, with the same people in your life, the same burden, the same people criticizing you, dragging you down, investing nothing into your life, the same lackadaisical relationship with God? Is, is that what you want? Because that's not what God wants for you. Or you could say, I'm changing today. I'm going to stop. Everyone say stop. And you're going to make it a Kairos moment that you're going to make a decision that today you are going to change. And by the way, some of you already know God's been stirring your heart. Can I get amen? It's up to you to, let's say it one more time because that was, that was pretty, pretty awesome. How many of y'all know God's been stirring your heart? 
And so God's saying, well, what are you waiting for? Why does that brother got to get up there and yell all again for another half hour just to get you to do what I've been telling you to do? <laughs> are you following what I'm saying? Because, so, you know, I, I'm going to go home today and I'm going to come back. And tonight and tomorrow I'm going to be toast. Every Monday I am toast from, <laughs> and God, I'm like, God, why? He says, yeah, I've been trying to tell him. <laughs> so in this story, it's about a woman named Esther. Let me, let me give you the background is that there's a king, Xerxes is the king of Persia. He was the king of Persia from 485 to 465 B.C. And everything was going good for, for the king. And he had six months celebration of all his wealth and success. Brought all his dignitary friends in and all his leadership. And they just party, party, party. And then they had a seven-day feast after that. And at the end of the seven-day feast, he says, I'm going to bring in my queen. She wasn't part of the other feast. And she was having her own deal. He said, I'm going to bring in my queen so y'all can see my fine woman. So he says to the eunuch, go get my queen. So the eunuch, go, go, the, 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 the steward goes to the queen and says, Queen Vashti, uh, Xerxes wants to see you because he wants to show you up in front of all his boys. And, and she goes, I ain't coming in there. And, he, and, and, and again, I'm just kind of ad-libbing here. And the eunuch says, yo, sister girl, you need to get in there because, uh, uh, you know, he ain't, the king don't play. <laughs> He's waiting right now. She says, I'm not coming. So the, the eunuch comes back and says, yo, king, she ain't coming. And the king's boy says, you better check that because if she doesn't come, you're going to send a message to all the other women in Persia that they can disrespect their husband. So you need to do something to her and check that. So what he did is he dequeened her. She was no longer queen. He said, you're no longer queen. And he said, I got to get another queen. So he says, I want a beauty contest. I want you to bring all the virgins that want to apply. They have to be a virgin and they can be one of my queens, but they have to go through 12 months of beautification. Ladies, can you imagine spending 12 months at the spa? Can you imagine what you would look like at 12 months at the spa? <laughs> Come on now, you be getting everything right. <laughs> they get a month on your hair, a month on your lips, a month on your cheeks, a month. I mean, just everything. Every... <laughs> yes, that'll be fun, huh? Okay, anyway, so, 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 so this girl, this Jewish girl who they renamed to Esther, um, she says, her cousin says, you need to apply to be the queen, but don't tell them you're a Jew because the Jews were exiles. They were not Persian. Don't tell them you're a Jew, but apply to be queen. So Esther goes in there and she gets tricked out like all the other ladies. And after 12 months, they come in there and they have six months of oils and myrrhs and six months on beautification, whatever. And then 12 months later, 12 months later, they come out and, and the king goes, hmm, 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 that one. And he picks Esther. Esther wins. She's the queen. So five years after she's been queen, one of uh, the king's so, uh, so, uh, main administrators, his like vice president, gets offended by Esther's cousin, doesn't notice Esther's cousin, but he's a Jew. So this guy Haman convinces the king to write a decree to kill all the Jews, not knowing Esther's a Jew. So he signs a decree that on this day, the 13th day of the month of Adar, they're going to kill all the Jews. All the Persians are going to kill the Jews. So the word gets out, on this day, you can kill all the Jews, annihilate them. And so Esther's cousin gets the word. Esther's the cousin that told her to run for queenship. He says, Esther, do you know what happened? That there's an there's a, there's a edict from your, your, your king that we're all going to die. So you need to go talk to him. This is her Kairos opportunity. 
that she has an opportunity to say, I'm going to go to the king and say, you need to check yourself very respectfully because you don't know what you signed and it's going to impact me. And so I'm speaking on behalf of my people. The problem is if you go before the king without the king inviting you, and if you go before the king and invite yourself and he doesn't accept you into his presence, you die. So she's in a predicament. She has this kairos opportunity to do something for God. Now, all you ladies in here, God has an opportunity for you. Now, you can make one up. You can say, you know what? Uh, I don't have any opportunity to save all the women in the world. I don't have this incredible uh, situation like Esther, but I do have an opportunity to change my relationship with this person. I do have an opportunity to be a better mom. I do have an opportunity to go to life class, find out what my gifts are, and serve where God has called me to. I do have an opportunity to be more generous or be more faithful in my serving of my time and using of my time to serve my community. I do have a better opportunity to start learning the Bible better than I have. I do have an opportunity for this moment to make a decision that my life is going to go right instead of left or go left instead of right or instead of going straight down the same old, same old, I'm going to change. Say amen if you know what I'm talking about. That's your opportunity. So here's Esther, and we're going to see her response. And then my challenge to you ladies is that you decide, I want today to be my Kairos moment. Some of you ladies have been carrying a burden for decades of something that happened to you when you were little. And the devil has been lying to you all your life. And he has you in bondage, and every now and then he gives you a little glimpse of happiness, but then he puts you back in bondage. Every now and then he gives you a little glimpse of fun, and then he puts you back in bondage. But you're in bondage the same. He's just letting you out of jail just for a second, just so you can think he's not there, because he doesn't want you to know it's spiritual. And it's time for you to say, I'm done with that. I'm done with that. Today's the day I'm stepping up and I'm going to get the help I need. I'm going to get the encouragement I need. I'm going to get the people in my life praying for me. But I'm not going to continue to do the same old, same old. That's your Kairos opportunity, and it's 100% up to you to do it, to take advantage of it. And some of you, you know God has put you in a situation where God is prompting you to take a step of faith in a relationship, in a ministry opportunity, in, in changing your job, in breaking up with somebody because that person is just no good, and it hasn't changed, and it's not going to change. And you're saying, okay, God, I need to do this. Same man if you know what I'm talking about. Oh, oh, oh it's quiet in here. Okay, let me read Number one, oh, let me read Esther 4.11. It says, here's what she says. The king's servants and the people of the king's province know that any man or woman who goes into the inner court of the king who has not been called, he has but one law, put all to death except the one to whom the king holds out the golden scepter that he may live. Yet I myself have not been called to go in to the king these 30 days. So what happens is, she's telling her cousin, cousin, you're asking me to go in there and confront the king about this edict to kill all our, our relatives. But the, the law says if I go and I have not been called and he doesn't hold out the scepter to me, the rod of, author, of his authority, if he doesn't say yes, enter, approach me, I will die. You, that's what you're asking me to do. And then it says in verse 12, they told Mordecai, Esther's cousin, these words. Mordecai told them to answer Esther, say, go back to Esther and say this. Do you think that in your heart that you will escape the king's palace any more than all the other Jews? For if you remain silent at this time, 
Relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows? Everybody say, yet who knows? Everyone take a deep breath in. Say, yet who knows? Who knows? Whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. For all you ladies who have a job, whether your job be in an office, whether your job be raising your kids, which is the hardest job, you have a softball team you play on, you have a class you go to, you have Starbucks group that you see all the time when you buy your Frappuccino Leaky Chakaliki, <laughs> you got all your little groups that you have, who knows that God has not put you in that position to do something for him. Let me tell you, he has not put you in that position just to get a job. He's put you in that position for something very specific. And here's Esther. She's standing there going, I got this king. I won the beauty contest. Now you're asking me to risk it all for God. Absolutely. Look what she says. Verse 14. uh, Verse 14. He says, if you remain completely silent, At this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. And then it says, yet who knows? Everyone say, yet who knows? And then he says, whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this, for such a moment, a moment. Let me tell you something. You're going to be born. Y'all were born. You're going to live. You're going to get old and you're going to die. And you're going to be gone. And it's going to be a time when nobody in San Diego is going to remember your name. But during your time on earth, there are going to be certain moments where God says, I need to use you right now. I want, to, I want you to change your life right now. I want to do something through you right now. He doesn't want you to just exist and go away with a puff. He wants to make a mark on this earth through your life for him, his glory. And yet who knows whether it's now. What are you going to wait for? The sky to open up? It's not going to happen. He wants to just be able to influence you just by going like this. That's it. You're at work, and somebody over there, and he goes, and something just makes you turn your head. How many of you have ever been someplace, and, and you just feel like something just made you look at somebody? Anybody? Amen? And, and, and then something came to you like, they need help. Yes. Holy Spirit. Psst. Look at that girl over there. Psst. Look at that guy over there. Why don't you go over there and pray for them? Okay. Kairos moment. Why don't you go over there and share the gospel? Okay. Kairos moment. Why don't you go over there and uh, quit your job? Okay. Kairos moment. Uh, Do you have another job for me? I'll tell you after you quit. (laughs) Break up with that guy. Uh, You got another guy for me? (laughs) Yeah, me. (laughs) Amen. Amen. And by the way, me meaning God saying me, okay? <laughs> yeah, I get email. Okay, no, verse 15. Esther, then Esther told them to reply to Mordecai, verse 16, go gather all the Jews who are present in Sushan, fast for me. Everyone say pray for me. 
neither eat nor drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will fast likewise. Fast means obviously they were going to abstain from eating and drinking so they could pray and seek God. And, and, and then it says, and so I will go to the king, which is against the law, and I might lose my life. And if I perish, I perish. In other words, I'm going to do what God tells me to do, no matter what. That's what God wants. Ladies, God wants you to be able to do what he says, no matter what. Do you know how much power you have? You have more power than you think. You ever wonder why a woman's voice is on voicemail? You ever wonder why Siri's a woman? Because people listen to women's voices. No, think about it. How can I help you? Yes, um, Siri. <laughs> if it was some bonehead guy, yo, what's up? Ah, I'll turn that off. <laughs> Let me tell you something. <laughs> this is a true story. In, in a fighter jet in the military, true story, because I, I heard it, I was there. And in the fighter jet in the military, because I've been in a fighter jet, when something goes wrong, it's a woman's voice that tells you, you are about to die. Please eject. <laughs> I'm not lying. Can I get any military uh, pilots in here that can affirm that? Say amen. Amen, brother? Amen. <laughs> you are, your, your left engine is on fire. The enemy is closing. You are about to die. Do you have anybody you would like to tell before you leave? <laughs> it's just a sweet, calm voice. Why? Because the, the pilots... Mostly a man, but it still don't matter. The puzzle go, yes, yes, ma'am, yes, yes, yes. So you have power. The devil wants you to think you have no power. Number one in your notes, and this is probably the only point I'm going to get to because our time is running out. Number one, I'm sorry, it's it's, it's going to be a good one, though. The, The fear of God must supersede the fear of man. The fear of God, and I don't mean, God, I'm scared of you. It means, God, I respect you. God, I want to do it. I don't want to disappoint you. That has to be greater than, man, I don't want to disappoint you. This is your, this is your dilemma. Remember, Esther got her job with her wiggle and her jiggle. Right? She went to 12 months of beautification, 12 months of, you know, all, whatever they, they light bulb. I, I don't know what they did, but they did it. Right? And she got in there, came in there and said, and she was all beautified, 12 months of oils and myrrhs and da 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 and all stuff like that. And she came out looking all fine. That's how she got her job. But that's not how she's going to keep her job. God may use your natural talent. Fear of man comes from your allowing man, and when I say man, people, identify your self-worth and determine your self-worth. When people are the ones to determine your value, you have fear of man. In other words, you want to please man. When the praise of people is what you live for, you will do whatever you can to get the praise of people. When your self-worth is tied up in your natural talent or looks or possessions, you will use those things and depend on those things to get the praise of man. And when that is your primary source of encouragement and your primary source of help defining who you are, you will fear man more than you fear God. And in our culture, ladies, 
It says you have to be cute, you have to be thin, you have to look a certain way to get the approval of man so you can get, get jobs and opportunities, et cetera, et cetera. And trust me, there's a lot of truth to that because man is warped and all that kind of stuff, and that's the way the culture is. But God is above that. And so you have to decide, even though that exists, even though that exists, do I let that rule my life? And here's Esther saying, Mordecai, I got this job. I spent 12 years getting my stuff right. I get this job, and now you're telling me to throw it away because you want me to help with this, this decree? He says, yep. And you may be thinking, I did all this stuff to get ahead. I did all this stuff in my life to, to get this relationship, to get this job, this house, whatever. And, and now you're asking, and God's putting on my heart to put it on the line. I don't know what he's asking you to do, but here's the thing. Do you fear man by focusing on your natural abilities and by focusing on the praise of man and the the praise of man acknowledging your natural abilities or do you focus on the calling of God on your life and the fact that you want to please him and that your identity is determined by your relationship with God your identity is determined by your calling the calling of God on your life his anointing on your life that he formed you in the womb and that he called you before you when you were in the womb he ordained you for the nations he already knew that's what you have to decide. And if you say, I am a child of God, and God gave me all this talent, he gave me my personality, he gave me my looks, or whatever it is, for his glory. And so when the Kairos moment comes and you go, okay, God, what you're asking me to do is in conflict with what man wants me to do. That's right. That's your, that's your conflict. And you have to say, I want to please God more than I want to please man. So Esther had to make a decision. Do I please God and serve God and realize that God put me in this situation? By the way, your Kairos moment is going to sneak up on you. It's way bigger than you can handle. God is never going to ask you to do something you can do without him. He's never going to ask you to do something. And when he asks you to do something, it ain't about you. Say it ain't about me. It's not about you. You know what it's about? It's about his kingdom agenda. It includes you. And sometimes it only includes you to the fact that you're the middleman or the middlewoman. He's working through you. You have to say, no, my identity is in God's calling on my life. Look at number two in your notes. You must have faith in God over your personal risk. Here's the risk. You're living one way as Miss Thang. You're living one way as Cutie Pie. You're living one way as Sweet Mary. And then God says, I want you to confront that person in the name of the Lord. I want you to start serving. I want you to start giving. I want you to start praying for people. And you're saying, well, God, that's con." contradictory to how I've been living. When you walk into your Kairos moment, the thing that you risk is losing who you are. Because there's a lot of y'all who have, you've been living a dysfunctional life with a dysfunctional view of who you are. And you become comfortable with it. You're actually in abusive relationships, whether it's physical, emotional, or just, just knucklehead dudes. And because you're so accustomed to it, you are actually scared to get a good man. You're actually scared to trust God for better. And the devil has, has convinced you this is all you deserve because this is who you are. 
Your Kairos moment is to say, I have to let that person go. I am not that person anymore. I want to walk into the person that God has called me to be. That is a decision you have to make. And by the way, it's a decision you have to make every day for the rest of your life because it continues to grow closer and closer and closer to God. Can I get amen? And, and I remember when I, was, when I went from doing cocaine to not doing cocaine in my job, I went from partying and hanging out and cursing to talking about Jesus. And they're like, is that the same guy? No, the, the other guy's gone. You have to be gone. And so if you're going to walk into your Kairos moment, you have to say, listen, I'm not going to worry about what people think. I'm just going to worry about what God thinks. And I'm going to trust God, even if, it, if I have to risk losing my old, nasty identity, I want to be identified as a child, faithful, child, bold, Bible-speaking, praying, Christian woman of God. Can I get an amen? So here's what's going to happen. In a minute, we're going to pray. And I'm going to challenge you to walk into your Kairos moment. What does that mean? Lord, I don't, want my, I, don't, I don't want to live like this anymore. Whatever this is, I want to ask Christ to be my Savior. I want to start reading my Bible. I want to start being a woman of God. I want to start being bold. I want to start using my gifts. I want to know what my gifts are. Whatever it is, I want to, I want to change today. I want to change today. May 21st, 2017. Right now. Make that decision. Well, you know, I, I, there's no circumstances in my life. Yeah, I don't see no Kairos moment. Here's the Kairos moment. The Kairos moment's here. I'm telling you, it's here. It's just a matter of you saying yes to God. Everybody say out loud, yes to God. Yes. Let's all bow our heads and pray. And all the campuses right now, all the campuses, listen very carefully. Ladies, God is saying, I, I need you to be who I created you to be. I don't need you to worry about what man said. I don't want you to live up to, or live down to man's expectation. I want you to live up to mine. I don't want you to live down to man's expectations. I want you to live up to mine. I'm here with you. I'll never leave you or forsake you. My plan is to give you a future and a hope, not to harm you, not to embarrass you, not to shame you. I will honor those who honor me. So in the privacy of your heart, if you're saying, I want to walk into my Kairos moment right now, pray this prayer with me in the privacy of your heart. Pray, dear God, like Esther, I want to walk into my moment. I surrender my life to you. I want to walk by faith, not by fear. Jesus, I surrender my life to you. Holy Spirit, fill my heart. I am ready. To do what you called me to do. To be what you called me to be. Devil, you have no authority in my life. In Jesus' name, I rebuke you out of my life. Be gone. My Savior is sitting at the right hand of the Father. And all authority in heaven and earth, he has. In that authority, I rebuke you, Satan. Be gone. I receive this Kairos moment challenge to surrender my life to Jesus Christ and his plans for my life.